Let's welcome Pastor Frank and Pastor Chris. Hey, well, I'll, I'll just share a little bit just to start with and just let Frank have it. But um, as you can see, I'm, I'm not Canadian originally. I am a Canadian citizen now, but I'm from South Carolina originally. And Frank, of course, is from Brazil. So I'll just tell you a little bit about how we met. Um, I was a missionary in Brazil for a couple of years, and I used to work with um, Frank's mom and dad. And I worked in the slums there and some of the... Um, like a, a feeding, kind of a care unit for kids there and help with uh, the church in the city a little bit. And his parents were the associate pastors of that church. And he was actually already in Canada and uh, came back to Brazil to finalize his visa for Canada. And we met during that time. Then he went back to Canada and I stayed in Brazil for a couple of years. And then, of course, he asked me to marry him, maybe, what, eight months or so after you'd gone back. And um, then we, you know, came back to Canada together. So we planted a church over, it's been 27 years ago in Ontario, in Oshawa, Ontario. That's where we are currently stationed. We've been there all this time. And um, we have two daughters together. We've got a 22-year-old, Gabriella, and then we have a 12-year-old. Is there a picture of the, of the kids? So those are girls. So Gabriella's 22. There's a 10-year gap between, and that... It, some people say, was that an accident, that second one? <laughs> but it wasn't. God spoke to us, and we have one more daughter, Leticia. So she's now 12. That picture's a couple of years old. Um, so now Leticia's taller than Gabriella. <laughs> but anyway, it's so good to be here. We just want to thank you for having us. And I'll just turn it over to Frank. Thank you, honey. Come on. Hey, so amazing to be here. Come on, this is just great. You know, I wish I was like him. Like, he's so nice. <laughs> like, he dresses nice. Don't you think? Like, he's cool. I watch him preaching, you know, all the time. And he's just like, man, I said, man, why can I be like that? You know what I mean? It's like, why do I have to be all crazy? And, and he's so, just so nice. And so uh, it's just great to be here, finally. You know, this church has been in my heart for, oh, for a long time. And it is amazing to be here with you guys. I came on the wrong Sunday, though. Because next Sunday is food after service. <laughs> And I'm thinking, what? It's like there'll be soup here, man. Next Sunday is like, it'll be awesome. Uh, come back, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just great to be here, folks. I, I just uh, enjoy so much our pastor. He's just an amazing man of God. And, and um, you know, Nana, right? Is that how you say? And uh, so good to, um, you know, just... Uh, be able to be with you guys here, and uh, you are so hospitable and so amazing. I just, I just uh, have such a heart, a heart for you, for this church, and watching what God's doing here, and you know, in the worship and all that. It's just like, isn't that amazing to be in a family of God? Isn't that, isn't that good? And uh, yes, it is. And I. Um, I just wanted to share with you something in my heart. I want to just stay on the same kind of vein and trail that your pastor is kind of leading your church into, uh, which is, you know, uh, on earth as it is in heaven. You know, when, I, when I, I have been praying, of course, I had about three months, right? And, uh, you know, and I don't have anything against uh, preach a message you already preach. I do that all the time. Like, it's not a, 
because I believe that God has something for everyone. But my heart, above anything, is like, God, what is it that you want to say here, right? Now, for that place, for that particular people, for, you know, and so I always open. And sometimes the Lord gives me, you know, a word. Sometimes I just, uh, you know, put in my heart something that I'm already spoken. And so I go with it, whatever it is, because I just believe that my heart is like, you know, it's not about what I want to preach. You understand? Like, it's not about what, uh, you know, it's about what God wants to minister to us. It's about what God wants to say. That's really what's most important thing. And so I'm going to stay uh, within this theme. And uh, I hope we impart something into your spirit, into your life uh, today. That if you are a guest here for the first time, I'm not the lead pastor, okay? So come back next week because next week's going to be amazing. <laughs> right? So I'm just guest and I'm going to go home, but um, uh, just, uh, you know, I want whatever God wants. And the, the, the question, I guess, the, the title for this word is, uh, what's your focus? What's your focus? What's your focus? In uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 20, it says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But laid up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Let's pray. Father, I just believe that this word is for now, is for here, is for your people. And Father, I ask, O oh Lord, that as we break the bread of your word today, as we slice it, O oh God, slice it, oh God, we pray that you'd minister and speak to your people today in an amazing way, O oh God. Father, as we go home today, Lord, we go home fed. We go home, O oh Lord, challenged. We go home, O oh Lord, bothered by what you are saying to us to the point where we will change. And there is some things in our life that this week, Lord, will change, God, because you're not interested in just leaving the same thing, Lord. We are, you're a God that always is doing things, and we want to be right where you are and doing what you're doing. And God, we ask that you'd minister this word, minister to our hearts today, we pray in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. You know, I love this theme that you guys are, are on, on earth as it is in heaven. I don't know if you realize, but you know, not too many people are talking like this. Like, I hope you realize that what you're being exposed to and what you're going to be exposed to is something that is not like everybody is doing. Like, you know, it's not everybody that you talk to and you say, man, I just want in, in on earth what is in heaven. Like, I just want our church to be, our life to be, our marriage to be, our children to be, with this mindset that is beyond what's over here. It's like, you know, and because you're so dominated by this culture that is, you know, it's everything is about self and everything is about me and people are taking pictures of themselves and, you know, people are pu putting pages up day in and day out about themselves. Right? It's like, you know, man, it's like the end today is like go home and put a picture on something that will everybody, you know, I mean, I have two girls and one of them is always taking picture of herself. You know, and she's not posting yet, but it's like, you know, she's, and you find, and you find all kinds of pictures, you know, it's like, it's all about them. 
But then you go to, you know, to Facebook and you go to stuff and you see, man, there's a lot of self. It's like there's a lot of people writing about their opinions and what they think. And, you know, and as if like, you know, this is what they think is the most important thing. It's like, you know, man, you know, like, you know, uh, any Filipino in the house, any Filipino. Because I love the Philippines. I go there all the time. You know, this is not a criticism in the Philippines. But, you know, Philippines is like a place where everybody is doing selfies. Like everybody. It will go, I mean, everybody's self. I never saw it in my life like that. And you know what? This is like, this is the age now. This is the culture that we are now. And, you know, unfortunately, like I'm not talking, you know, I'm, I'm talking to myself really. Right? It's like it's all of us that I think God is trying to get us out of this mindset of me and self and I and myself and my. It's like, you know, on earth that is, it is in heaven is a dimension that though we're here, we are having a mindset of heaven. It's a mindset that is like beyond whatever it is here. You know, there is a lot of things, you know, being said about people and self and all that kind of stuff. But you see... We often mention a topic of heaven in contrast, which, what, what, which is what we think about is what is the opposite of heaven. And oftentimes we say the opposite of heaven is hell. Now, if it's true, there is a sense that's true. But for the believer, the issue is no longer heaven or hell. The issue for the believer is heaven and earth. Like, it's not heaven or hell, it's heaven and earth. Like, because for many, heaven is this final destination that we are going. And man, I can't wait to be there. And as soon as I close my eyes, I'm going to be with Jesus. And it's like, it's amazing, it's awesome. But then we have this attitude about earth as a place that we just put up with. It's like we're here and then, you know, I mean, you know, until we go there, we have to put up with this nonsense here. And you and I are exposed to a lot of things that is like, man, I don't like this. It's like, man, we could live without that. And, you know, we don't have to be exposed to this, to that. And so there is a lot of, like, I can't wait to get out of here. Like this kind of mindset that we have. But remember... That, that the Bible begins with heaven and earth and not heaven and hell. Like it doesn't begin like that. You see, when you open the Bible, page number 1, Genesis chapter 1, 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Like that's how it starts as you keep on reading. You see the reality of heaven, you know, meeting earth. And then you see a God that is woke in the cool of the day with the, his creation, the people that he created. And then, man, everything is amazing. Everything is perfect. Everything is awesome. And there is fellowship. And there is this thing that's going on between mankind and God. And they walk in. There is a relationship that is like, man, this is great what's going on. And then, you know, you, you go on to chapter 3 is where sin begins to, to enter into that. And that brings up separation. There is a break of that amazing place. Like, you know, that they had before. 
And so you, you begin to read chapter 3. And when there is sin entered, then break. There is this separation. Now, it's not heaven, earth, God in this relationship like this one place. Now there is, you know, a, a, a separation there. And, and God begins to withdraw from his creation in a sense that they are not now having that kind of fellowship. And so from Revelation chapter 3 to Revelation chapter 20, all that you read in the Bible is about a God trying to reunite mankind, heaven and earth as one. Because Revelation 21 and 23, 20, 21, 22 is beginning to talk about a new heaven and a new earth. The Bible talks about if you read it, you're going to see that there is a craving from earth. And a craving from heaven, from Genesis chapter 3 to Revelation chapter 20. About this craving of uniting those two things together again. It's like earth is craving for heaven. And God's beginning to, you know, wanting to do this. He wants to restore back again. And he wants to make sure that, you know, that, that the place is reunited again. And so there is this, this gap thing that's going on. Now... Guess where we are? We are on that gap. And so while we are on that gap, then what is the focus? Like, you know, what we should do, you know, like until this reality is reconciled again, the reality of heaven and reality of earth reconcile again, then what should our attitude be until then? Well, as believers, like how should we live? How should we conduct ourselves? Because, you know, we are saved. Like, you know, we have Jesus in our hearts and lives. Like, you know, and now we are walking on this earth. Well, how do we supposed to walk? How our attitude supposed to be? Knowing this God of heaven that is real. And that one day we are going to see him again face to face. But right now we are here. Right now, we're living in this thing, so should we just, uh, you know, because there is this is escapism, is that a word? Listen, if you're listening, you need to have the gift of discernment as well, you know, because, uh, like this, you know, like, uh, get me out of here as fast as you can, Lord. Because we can create that, uh, you know, that kind of mindset. Man, this is, this is no good. Well, how should we live? You know... Here's something to remember. Mark it down this word. This world, this world doesn't matter all that much. Did you hear that? This world doesn't matter all that much. Now notice the word all. It's not that this world doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter all that much. It does because God created, absolutely. But it doesn't matter all that much. Now, why do I say that? Well, because the secret of our lives, our Christian life, is to live on this earth. But not being attached to this earth. This earth is not the most important thing. It's not that it isn't important, it's just not the most important thing. 
So what is the secret of us understanding this reality of heaven and, and reading about it and being ministering about it? And, and, and what's the, the secret, you know, to live on this life right now? And with this reality of God and wanting to do all that and us here, well, what is, what is the secret? Well, the secret is one simple word that's going to show up on the screen in a second here. What's the word that's going to come up there? Just one word. What is that? Focus. The secret for your joy, the secret for the reality on earth as it is in heaven, is that. It's focus. Where are we putting our focus on? Listen carefully. When you focus on heaven, heaven breaks into earth. When you live for heaven, heaven comes to live here. When you focus, when you make your mission to live for heaven, then heaven breaks out into your life. I am talking about living in such a way where this world doesn't matter all that much anymore. It's like, you know, it's about focusing on the things that are above. What is above? What is, what is heaven has to, like, you know, we, because we are attached so much to this thing. It's like if we're not careful, we can look at these endeavors that you're doing even as a church with the schools and you say, well, you know, whatever happens. No, you know, it mattered to God that we live in a, such a way that we're detached from this thing in such a way that we say, man, we're going to impact those schools. We're going to show that there is a God in heaven that loves these kids, that loves their family. Because if the last thing they know, we want them to know that there is a God, that they matter to God. And what's going to take for you to have that message come across is like, man, I, I, I don't have, you know, I have time. I have, you know, but man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at my life. I want to detach myself from these things so I can make a priority to make sure that heaven will be displayed in this school life. Like that's, that's how. It's like you look at what we have and you say, man, like this is good. And so I'm living here, but thinking about, man, God, what is it that you're doing? What is it that you're doing that is tangible? So we can just show display. So it's focusing. It's like it's knowing that it's all about Christ. You know, the passage that we read this morning brings us to this reality. Listen. Mark it down this again. When you focus solely on earth, you end up losing earth and heaven. When you focus on heaven, heaven breaks into your world. But when you focus on earth, you end up losing both. Like, why? Well... Because the things we live for and value and, man, we think that this is so much, that this is so amazing, so awesome. What the Bible just says here, it's going to all be taken away. 
It's like nothing's going to stay here. So when we focus on earth, we will lose earth and heaven. Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. It means that when we focus on treasures on earth, he's saying that they will be either destroyed or be stolen. Like I'm not talking about you have or we have nothing. I'm not talking. I'm with your pastor when he said, man, I, I'm praying for a better job. I'm praying for this, for that. Like, yes. But the focus is like not so we have more. It's so heaven is displayed in a greater way. It's like have it. Have the best, the more, man. It's awesome. As long as those things don't have us. As long as we live here with this God, you know, you're so amazing, so awesome. You have given me all this. How can I use this so heaven can be populated? So children can know that you love them. So these families can know that there is a God. God, how, how are we going to use me and our church to do that? It's like, do not store. Don't be so concern about those things see what Jesus is trying to address here is the issue of security is the issue of comfort is the issue of focus you know earthly treasures have the ability to bring security don't you think so I think so I like it and he's saying don't put your securities on the things that are not eternal like, you know, this is a word for the church today. Like, this is a word for me. Like, I'm not giving you a hard time. I'm looking at me, Frank, and I'm thinking, man, I'm so attached to this. Like, I like this stuff. But as believers, if you want to have heaven on earth, we're going to have to change this mindset. We're going to have to look at our life and our stuff and say, man, I do have a lot. Like I do have, it's amazing what you have given me. And on a daily basis, begin to say on earth as it is in heaven. Well, you know, I don't know, but these kids on this particular school or the outreach that you guys are doing, like, you know, they don't have a lot. And want to make sure that not only I am blessed, I'm going to make sure that these things are taken care of. These kids are blessed too. Do you see what I'm getting at? See, Jesus is addressing here our very nature. I mean, he is. He's pointing his finger on. You know, in Luke chapter 18, verse 18 to 23, it's a familiar story. It goes like this, now a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. Like, this is like, this is a good, pretty good life here. Don't you think? It's like, wow. And he said, all these things I have kept 
from my youth. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor. And you have treasures in heaven. And then come and follow me. But verse 23 is just remarkable. I don't have time to dissect the scripture with you. But what Jesus was after wasn't about this man's possession. It wasn't about his stuff. It was about the heart. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful. And was, and for he was very rich. I mean, this is a guy that is concerned about eternal life. I don't know why he's concerned, but he's concerned. So he asked a question. You know, he's successful. He has means, man. And, and he, has, he has prestige. He's a ruler. But, but he's asking, you know, about heaven. About eternal, about eternal things. And there are basically two reasons why he's asking that question. One is that he has everything and perhaps the missing factor in his life is, is spiritual. Maybe, you know, he looks at his life, man, I've got everything. But there is one thing that I don't have yet is missing my life is the is spiritual aspect and he's now interested he conquered the physical, he's young, he conquered the financial, he's rich, he conquered the social, he's a ruler. He's an amazing guy. So he wants to add spirituality into his life. Or the second reason we see is that he has everything and now he has an honest desire for eternal life. He look at his stuff and says, man, I have everything that I need. But now he's saying, man, I just, I just, I don't have eternal life, so I need, I need that. So how do I do, how do I get that? But his answer gives away where his heart really was. Because when Jesus pressed on the issue, he was what said. He said, man, I love this. I, I, man, you're cool. You are, wow, things is amazing. But then he looks at, and he says, I can't do that. And he walks away. And he walks away, the Bible describes, very sad. Why? Because the focus was on earth. The focus wasn't heaven. He wanted his desire, he had desire for, but it wasn't the focus. He walked away sad. Everything. Like everything. What do you mean everything? Everything. Everything, Jesus. And Jesus, like, focus on, put his finger on right on the focus of this man's being, life. He passed, bypassed all this stuff and he puts right in his heart. And he says, it's everything. Why is this a challenging and a good word for us, church? It's because, man, there is like a look at my life, there's so much of this. You know, young ruler in me, it's like everything, everything. It's like because when we contextualize, is that a word? Yeah, wow. Uh, you know, like Christianity, when you bring it, translate Christianity into our daily life, like Jesus didn't change that because we are now living in Canada in 2019 and now man is different. Now we have all this stuff. Jesus is not kind of okay, you know, it wasn't excuse them, but you guys are okay. See that everything is still everything. 
Everything. What do you mean everything? Everything. Everything. Because for some people, the everything is not the financial aspect. But it's the time aspect. Some people rather to pay than to serve. And Jesus' finger would be on the serving, not on the pay. Yeah, you can pay. It's like when Jesus is saying to his church, on earth as it is in heaven, like, you, you're you serious about that? Like, really? Like, really? You know, because then, if we're serious about it, then what's going to be happening in a couple weeks or months now that you're going to begin to detach and Jesus is going to put his finger on your heart and whatever it is that is important to you, he's going to put your finger, his finger in there and say, are you going to surrender that? Are you going to surrender that? See? <laughs> it's a focus issue. It's a security issue. It's a comfort issue. And that's the challenge and you and I have today. To focus on Jesus so much that he would be the only thing that matters. To live such a detached life that, man, him is just all that we desire, all that he wants. Paul said this, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Like, this is the word, like, this is not something that your pastor or I or you know, that we just put it there. It's like, no. Man, where do you go from scriptures like this? Like, how do you move? I mean, there is no room to move. For me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Like he says in Philippians 3, 7 to 11. But what things were gain to me? These I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. And be found in him. Not having my own righteousness which is from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Like this is serious stuff. Like this is like a confrontation to Frank's lifestyle. It's like this is staring me at my faith. It's like, are you like, really? Like this needs to be, if you're serious about your Christian life, scriptures like this needed to be in front of your nose all the time. Because everything matters to God. 
And you know what bothers me? I tell you what bothers me is that, you know, I will tell you a little bit of my story. You know, there was a window of my life. The man, I lived this reality. Like, really? I mean, when I came to Canada in 1987, I was stripped of everything. I came with money. I came with, you know, perspective of future. I didn't come to be a pastor, study a church. I fly airplanes. That's what I did. And I came to upgrade some of my licenses. And then at immigration, everything changed. And I was found in jail for three days. This is the so this is short version. <laughs> like Jonah. And then Canadian government took my passport and my money and said, you need to show up here in the next three, mo in the three months' time to go before a judge. And I was running from God. I never wanted to be a pastor. I never wanted. But God had his finger on my life. And he said, well, what are you going to do now? And I tell you, when you're in jail for three days, you confess everything. I just didn't have a proper visa to enter here. I came to a schooling thing and didn't work out. There were some people coming to go to U.S., not stay in Canada. And it was a big deal. And like I was in there, I knew God had called me. And I was in there. And on those three days, I said, Lord, okay, I get the message, God. Okay, everything. It belongs to you. Okay, because when you're desperate, man, that's what you do. <laughs> and so I lived those three months with this reality of God, with this concern, this passion about God and about people and about things that like I never had in my life before. Here I am in Canada, in Mississauga, February 23rd, 1987, just dropped on the Nathan Phillips Square right downtown Toronto. Could not speak English, I still can't, but I fake now. But I, I was there and didn't know anybody. And like... I was like, you know, what am I going to do? And what do you do? It's like, God, you know, you need to help me out. Like, God, you need to. And then that's when heaven began to invade my earth in the way, man, that God wants to invade our earth in a reality of God and me. Man, it was like this God and me thing that was going on back then. Man, I could hear him talk. I could be led. I could, I mean, it was just amazing. And I remember being on a bus stop. I needed to go to this lawyer downtown Toronto in the first probably week after I was here, after three days, maybe the fourth, the fifth day. And I was just like, you know, God, I, I, know, I, I have only 150 US dollars and I need to eat and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, what am I going to do? I need to, I can't afford to make a mistake getting the bus. And I'm thinking, God, you need to take me there. And so here I am going to Mississauga Square One, that's a mall, to go to take a number 10 Burnham bus to Islington Subway, Islington, go to Dundas, Dundas, get a streetcar, go to this, uh, this lawyer place. I didn't know there was that, but I had the address. And I'm praying, God, you need to get me there. I say, God, would you do that? And so the Lord, just, you know, I was in a bus terminal and I saw this wonderful guy, I mean, very well-dressed looking guy. He was an African-American guy. He's a nice brown coat, man. I can, in a, in a hat. And I mean, it was, it was winter, so he was well-dressed and a scarf and all that was awesome. And I just showed the address to him because I couldn't speak those days, you know. I showed the address to him and I said, I need to go here. 
and he looked at the address and said, come with me. So I got into the bus. He paid my fare. Yes. <laughs> he told me, sit beside him. So we, I sat right beside him. And we went to Burden Thurp all the way to Island Subway. When I arrived there, I didn't know where I was going. He goes, come with me. And so we went in and got into the streetcar. And got into the streetcar. And then he, he got up at a point at Dundas there. And he said, come with me. And so I, I, I got the, the streetcar out and, and went. We started walking to this building. And we enter into this building. Eighth or ninth floor in this building, and we go in there, and uh, and the address that I had, it was exactly that address. So he took me right to the door of the place, and he pointed, said, "It's here." And so as I said, "Oh, you know, okay, thank you, whatever I said at that time," but I went to open my door. When I opened my my door, he opened the door to go in. I looked, and the guy that was right there, it wasn't there anymore. It's like. I said, where is he? <laughs> it's like, what's going on? Like it was, this guy's there, but then he's no longer there. It's like we, we went eight floors up. He had to press the button to get into the elevator down. You understand? It's like, he, did he jump? It's like, they're going to say that I threw him from the window. Like, what is going to be? Like I'm sitting at Square One Mall and I'm, I'm there writing f letters to my family. And I'm saying, God, you know, I see people coming in from all, all over and sitting. And they have, you know, uh, remember I have no money. I'm eating from, <clears throat> I'm eating bread, mayonnaise and water. That's all what I had to eat all this, all this time, you know. And I'm living in this basement that's cold laundry room that they put a little mattress there for me to be and and, and but I but I, I had I mean that's uh, 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 earthly situations horrible but man I had God and so I'm sitting there and I'm writing letters and I see people coming in and those days they would sit everywhere you know and I remember I saw and I mean I saw all this, this smell of food it was awesome and I said Lord you know I just want a, you know I just like a coke I would like a hamburger and a french fries. <laughs> like I didn't even pray. It was just a thought in my mind. And I kept on writing, right? So then comes this guy, put a brown uh, bag, uh, uh, bag in front of me, says something to me as if, you know, they're going to get a drink or something like that. He says something and he put it there and he walks away. And I'm there sitting, you know, 15, 10, 10, 15, half an hour, an hour pass. And I'm concerned. I don't want to move because I'm thinking this is a setup. Police is around. There's drugs in there. Like drugs in there. They're setting me up. I'm going to jail again. It's like, you know, an hour and a half passed. And I'm concerned about what's going on. And, uh, and finally, man, my curiosity got, you know, spoke much stronger than I did. I got a hold of that bag and went to the bathroom. <clears throat> and I sat into the, you know, business place. like, And I opened that thing. When I opened that thing, guess what was inside? It was a hamburger, french fries... And a Coke. And I was like broken. And I said, Lord. And Lord was saying to me, you fool, you. You could have eaten that warm, you know. Now it's all cold. 
and the ice has already, you know, melted. So now it's like no Coke anymore. It's like a cheap version of a Brazilian whatever, you know. It's like bad. Like I can tell you stories after stories being in church, sitting on the second row like where you guys are. You know, in the evening service, this is a small little church. I mean, it was very small, 30 people probably in this church. Morning service, offering time, they would receive the offering, bring it to the altar. Evening service, offering time, they would come and they would receive and then they'll go back and they count back there. So evening service, they wouldn't come back. And I'm sitting in the evening service, offering time. They were singing that song, he lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. You know, and man, every time I would cry over that song. And I'm there and the Lord said, give it two dollars. And I'm thinking, I'm not giving two dollars. I have only two dollars. This is winter, man. The Lord's saying, give it that away. I said, no, I'm not going to give it away. Give it. No, I'm not going to give it away. Just being honest with you. It's like, that's the only two bucks I have. And I'm, it's far to walk from the church back home. And I'm thinking, okay. You know, I thought to myself, okay, if... These ushers are going, receiving, and then go back. If they come back, then I know that I need to give. But if, but if they don't, then I don't, right? I mean, it's easy. Man, I sat there, but I knew. I had been there for a month now. I knew that never would come back. I knew that. So I'm saying... You know, I'm sitting there and he lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me alone. So they come with the offering plate and they go in and I'm just resting. Now I'm just like, okay, this is going to be good. You know, then comes what at that time I could swear was a demon-possessed usher. <laughs> like he comes in. You know, the guy that he comes and he puts his offering plate in front of me like that and he... Put it there and he stares at me and I'm thinking, Jesus' name, get out of here. <laughs> it's like I'm not, I'm not kidding. It might be funny now, but I'm thinking it's the only two bucks I have. It's like it was the, the, the most painful $2 bill. Remember those? It's like, oh, man, and I threw it in there. It's like, get out of my face, man. I... I was mad, I was mad, I was mad. I mean, I couldn't even, I mean, I couldn't understand a thing that was said anyways. And I remember sitting there, you know, and the service was over. I'm just trying to get out of the church quickly and start walking home. This guy, his name is Joe Buchanan, his name. He, they would tell me stuff and get the dictionary and trying to send messages and stuff, you know, because he's going to communicate with me. Great church. So he would just put a little note. And... Uh, and, and, and they put a note on my pocket for me to come home and get the dictionary and look at it, you know. And so, oh man, that clock is going. Um, and so, and then, <laughs> and then, you know, this guy stopped me and put a thing. And man, I went, I walk, I walk back home and burn a third man upset and mad. The bus passing by and the devil going, ha ha, you put that two dollars, huh? Now you're going to walk, you're going to walk. You're going to, Dixie Road comes around, Burger King. Mm, two dollars I could have used to eat the Burger King. Two dollars. And I'm walking, man, probably a kilometer past Burger King. And I remember that somebody put something in my pocket. And just for whatever reason, I just reached my hands. And, man, and I look. It wasn't a note. It was a $20 bill. <laughs> I look at that, man. I don't know if I thank the Lord, but I tell you what I did. I went right back to Burger King. <laughs> That's what I did. 
Now, folks, listen. You know, this is the reality of heaven. It's like, unfortunately for me, I didn't have anywhere. I, I, my resource, I needed to draw from him. And like, you know what changed from then now? I tell you what changed. This, this is stuff. That I believe God wants to do the things. If we begin to live with this heaven mindset in our minds. That man, I'm going to do church. I'm going to do life. I'm going to do parenting. I'm going to do work. But God is not nothing. It's for me. It's all for you. And I'm going to just want that reality of miracles in heaven right here. Right now. And I want to see what you do with my stuff. And you know how that begins? I tell you how that starts. It starts with like Thanksgiving come around. It's like you look and you say, man, I have a nice family. I have a nice everything. But I know there are people that don't. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to, Lord, I'm going to allow heaven invade earth. I'm going to go to find somebody. I'm going to. Like it starts with stuff like this. I'm going to give a turkey to them. I'm going to invite them to my space. I'm going to welcome them into my house. And I'm going to just have a great meal. Where I'm going to show the love of Christ to them. It's not about me and my family. Like, you know, well, you know, it's like Thanksgiving is family. Yeah. Let me read the scripture again to you. You know, I'm not giving you a hard time. It's just, it's just like, I, you know, I need to think that way. Like, this is not, I'm telling you. No, this is, I'm telling us. Like, this is like, you know, but, but what things were gained to me. These I have counted lost for Christ. Yet, indeed, I also count all things lost for the excel, excel, excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. It's like for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Like that's the reality of the gospel, folks. Like this is heaven on earth. Well, oh man, I just hope that and God's going to show up. It's like, yeah, I want that. I desire that. I'm a pastor. Like, I want that in my church. But it's, it's, it's awesome, and I want that. I think we, as the body of Christ, need to live with this reality. And let the love of God and the power of God begin to show up in your own space. It's with kindness and love. And say, God, invade my earth today. Little things, what you want to do today. Maybe it's just taking somebody out for lunch. Like, that's how heaven is going to invade earth. That's how it's going to be. Well, pastor, I just don't have time. Oh, shush. I don't have time. What are you talking about? Well, I'm too busy. You're nuts. Like, crazy. Well, you know, I don't think that's. Like, that's the gospel, man. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. 
I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Watch. The cross before me. So I'm looking, man. The world, it sounds nice in a song. <laughs> but needs to be reality here. The world behind me. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full, focus in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. It's like, turn. Like, where's our focus, church? It's like, we're bothered by this. It's like, man, I don't have my stuff. I know it's the meal is not cooked properly. And, you know, the, the bread's not completely toasted yet. Like, what, are you kidding me? You're giving me that junk? It's like... Look full in his wonderful face. It's like I'm embarrassed of me it's so many times. It's like, what are you kidding me? You are thinking that. Are you thinking this way, Frank? Really? And the things of birth. Like it's not, you know. Growing, how you say that? Growing dim. It's growing brighter. It has to grow dim, church. It's like we don't leave this heaven thing, man. People will draw into this house like you'd not believe it. Because everybody wants what you've got. Everybody wants the kindness and the love of Christ for you because you have the presence of God in this place. People begin to see how you live, and they say, man, I want that. I desire that. Now, the sun, you have many things. Like, church, I love you. I, I really do. You know, I love your pastors. And by loving the church. But, man, we are living in great, crazy times. And we need to change. This series can be just a nice series. Wow, good. Whoa. Wow, Pastor, you're just amazing. I mean, the word amazing. Tweet, Facebook, amazing the word. Pastor Dave, come on. Preach it. But then you go home and do nothing. It's like, what's the one thing that you can do? One. And say, man, I'm going to bring heaven on earth. I got it, Pastor Day. I got it. I got it. Keep on. I got it. In my reality on a daily life, I'm going to bring this to earth right here. In my life, in my job, in my family, in my neighbors. I'm going to bring heaven on earth right here. 
might be little. I may not have the gift, the ability to do a lot of stuff. I don't have the resources. God doesn't care. It's the little that he's concerned. Tomorrow morning, what are you going to do about it? This Thanksgiving, what are you going to do about it? Great opportunity. You can keep it all to you. Or you can share with somebody. Well, I don't know. No, you know, my family. Oh, whoa, wow. It's like, you know, they're not saved. Wow, well, I don't know. Mm, oh, ooh. <laughs> 300,000 excuse for buy a turkey. <laughs> for crying out loud. Go visit somebody. I said, I just want to give this to you because you matter to God, you matter to me. That's it. Would you please stand with me? And I preach way longer than your pastor, but since I'm here guest and I'm flying out tomorrow, no, <laughs> on Thursday. Do you have anything more? No. Would you lift up your hands? I wonder if uh, those beautiful piano player and, and uh, yeah. you just begin to say, God, you know, there is such a thing as being part-time Christians, unfortunately, part-time Christians. And would you come to, to the, this morning and say, I don't want to be full-time, none of this part-time deal. And I'm going to see heaven in my invading my earth this week, next week, following week. Would you make this song your theme? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus no turning back no turning back would you consecrate your life to the Lord right now? I believe that this is a house of miracles. I believe that this is a house where God wants to manifest His presence in a powerful way. I believe that this is a house where you're going to see things that you have sold for years and years and years. I believe that there are things that God wants to do in you, in your family. I believe that. But it comes with a price. And the price is for you to display who God is through you. And my prayer for you is that God would pour His anointing and blessing and power over your life. I see a level of surrender in this house that, boy, it's just amazing. It's awesome. 
I see your hearts, your lives. You know, it's like just this receptiveness and this, I want something. See that couple right there? You guys. Are you guys married? No. Yes, you are. You know, I see this hunger in you. I see this, this thing in your heart, in your life that you desire and you want to see. I, I almost could hear your thoughts as start to, your, 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 your mind start, you know, wheels start turning and say, okay, what can we do? What can we do? I can do. We need to do something. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I see you doing that. I see the or you're trying to orchestrate in your heart and life. Say, okay, I want that. I desire that. I see miracles for you. May not be miracles that, you know, that, that's like what we classify them as spectacular in a sense. That we classify them, not God. But I see God looking at your life and you begin to display the kingdom and walk in the kingdom. And, and be this dimension of, you know, living not for yourselves. I see that. I see that in you. Pastor, I see that in your family. You know, I don't know all of your family here, but I see, you know, are you fa your family, right? Yeah? You guys are family too? Yeah? I see this amazing deposit upon your life. I see this, this amazing thing that God, I see ideas, I don't know, something that God's going to birth into your spirit, into your heart, into your life. That will become just maybe, well, this is maybe not, but, but God's going to just put his, his breath upon it. And then, boom, man, all of a sudden, there's a kingdom thing going on. I don't know what you do or area that you are, ministry, or I don't know what, what's going on, but I just see God using you and take you out of your comfort zone. Out of your comfort zone. And you're going to put, like, you know how we go in the swimming pool that is cold? You put your finger, Ooh, I don't know if I'm going to get in or not. You know, like I, I'm Brazilian. I like warm water. You know what I mean? And like this business of going to cold lakes, forget it. But you know, I see you doing this. And it's like, ah. But the desire to see that breakthrough is way more than the comfort. And you're going to just go in. And God's going to bless it. I just, um, I, f I feel like the Lord is saying something for you, for, for a church, that he's asking this question and, and understand in the realm, you know, he's talking about more than money here, but will you be the $20 man? Will you be that man that came and put the $20 in Pastor Frank's, you know, pocket? He was a man that was, he was, he was uh, the one that God used to bring heaven onto earth in that moment. And I just feel like the Lord is saying to you as a church, the individuals seated right here, will you be the $20 man? You need to look around and be the one that brings heaven right down to earth for someone else. There's been a focus that we're looking for, you know, heaven to, to, to come down into my life right here in this earth. And I know that we need to see that. We need to believe for that. That's amazing. But I feel like the Lord is saying specifically this week, that he wants to use you, that you would surrender your life and just tune your, your, your ear into the Lord and just say, Lord, where do you want me to bring heaven down to earth for somebody else? Just use me, God, this week. And it might be a really small thing. It might be something really big. It might be some of you, I just sense that, that God is going to really challenge you big. It's going to be something very big. And others, it might be something very small, but it's going to be very appropriate 
And as you obey, as you do that, you're going to see heaven come to earth for someone else. But God is, it's also going to open up a window over this church as well, that heaven might come right here on earth in the house of God. So, Lord, we just want to thank you for that, God. We just thank you for what you're doing, God, in the house. We thank you for that. I just want to. I just want to bring one other um, word that I've had. I just, um, Pastor, for it. It's. I just feel like to direct it at you guys, but it's for the church. And um, I just want to just share this with you that um, this morning when we were praying, and I just saw something. I saw it for you, but I saw it for the house of the Lord here. And when when I was um, where I grew up on a farm. You know, we have a driveway. It's just, it's like almost a half a mile long. It's just really, really long. And we would often order things. You know, you'd order something online, and and you just kind of wait for that thing to come. You've made the, the request. You know, you put the order in. And I just love the sound. We, when I don't know, does UPS deliver here? Okay, UPS delivers in South Carolina, right? And, and I would hear the sound of that truck coming. And it, you could hear it before you could see it because our driveway was so long. And we would always, ooh, when you hear the sound of that truck coming, we'd all kind of run outside because we were waiting. We knew that the package was arriving. And, um, and it was an exciting time. And it was, you know, because that thing you had ordered was, was getting there, you know. And I just feel like the Lord is saying that um, I'm hearing it before you can see it. But I hear the, the sound, I hear the sound that the delivery is coming. The thing that you've been asking for, the thing that you've been praying for, the thing that you as a church have been asking for, but you yourself have been praying and you've been asking. And I just feel like the Lord is saying that he's sending the messenger. He's sending the one and he's got the answer and the sound of it is on the way. And there's going to be a delivery of that which you've been asking for. You've already put the order in. And God said, I've already packed it up. And I've already put it on the truck. And I've already sent it. And it's going to be arriving very soon. Very soon. You're going to see. And there's just, I just, you need to rejoice now. Just like we always do when the truck, boy, we hear it coming. Ooh, it's coming. Go ahead and rejoice now. Go ahead and rejoice now because you're going to see it soon. Amen.